Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 8, Episode 12. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. And I nearly made you laugh again there, <laughs> at the top of the show. <laughs> it was, um, you've started to time it just at the end of our yes. period of silence for noise removal. Yes. It's very clever. So now it's, it's a long yeah. pause for something to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so well done. Um, this, Thank you. That would be the best thing I do in this entire <laughs> podcast, I should think. And the thing that we're going to do this evening, the thing that we're going to talk about, I presume we're going to talk about something this evening. We're going to talk about a, talk about a movie, an Oscar-winning movie, movie, which is Nomadland. Is Nomadland, and knowing absolutely nothing about it apart yes. from the title, and having you summarised it on previous podcasts, and me looked it up because I quite fancy watching it. I mm-hmm. reckon it's a rollicking Disney adventure about um, a pair of chipmunks, uh, cartoon chipmunks, on a train journeying <laughs> through uh, desert lands, meeting cheerful characters along the way. Um, each of, when there's a song, each of them has a song, and it stars. Oh gosh, who would be in that? What? What? Voicing the chipmunks. Um, I think the bloke out of Luther. Oh, Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba. And Bill Murray. Bill Murray yeah. is voicing the other one. Yeah, yeah, and Idris Elba has a remarkably good singing voice. Yes, he does, actually, yeah. Does he? Um, <laughs> you see, I knew I was right. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's a DJ as well, Idris Elba. Is he? Yeah. He um, went to Rada. I should think he did. They all went to yeah. Rada, and they all have surprisingly good singing Luf- voices. Lufa! Lufa! Oh, what, bruv? <laughs> <laughs> I love Luther. It's good, isn't it? Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think I think it should be Idris Elba and Bill Murray because that's the most mismatched pairing of voice actors you could probably come across. Yeah, I like that. Let's make this yeah. movie. I think would watch, frankly. Right? Am I right then? Is that what is is that what Nomadland is? It's not it. it that's not it. But I think we should make it. <laughs> okay. And we should call it Nomadland with a with a G at the end, as in Nomadland. <laughs> <laughs> That's a G at the beginning. Yeah. We could call it Nomad Lang and have a G at the end. We could do that. It'd be something else. Yeah. Or okay. yeah, Gno- Lang. So I've got I've got a couple of things to talk about at the top of the pod. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're moving on from that, are we? We're moving on, okay. yeah, from and Who's uh, going to do the casting? Because I, <laughs> I think I'll do the stop motion. Well, we should get Nina Gold to do it because she does the casting for everything. Okay. Um, uh, you're going to do the stop motion. Yeah. Uh, I'll make the tea, and we'll okay. get uh, we'll get uh, Wes Anderson to direct it. Oh, perfect! That would be yeah. brilliant. I'd love to, yeah, now, I'm, now I want to see it. Bill Murray's in it, so right, you know, right, Wes so. Anderson's got to be involved. It'll be easy to get Wes on board now that we've got Bill <coughs> on board. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray only responds to uh, casting if you leave a message on it on his answer phone. He doesn't have an agent. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So, if he likes the sound of it, he'll ring you back. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, he, who wouldn't like the sound of it? And also, famously, he has the this thing where he just turns up at people's events, like weddings and things, and <clears throat> buys them a drink and then says, don't worry, no one will, will believe you that I was here, and then just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got, to, I've got to admire him for that. But also, I admire him greatly as an actor. I think he's a terrific actor. He's hilarious. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were going to move on from that. We yeah, didn't. Yeah, we are going on. to now. 
I want to talk about two things. Mm-hmm. First thing is, I watched American Pie last night. Okay. A movie that came out in 1999. I always yeah. stayed away from it um, because I, you know, I thought that it would be vaguely unpleasant. Yeah, it's um, it's broad, and gross right? out. It, but it's I broad. like thing is, I like broad knockabout right. humour. Right. Um, and it's got Eugene Levy in it, and that's really why I was right, interested right, right, right. in it right. because I remember when I read the reviews of American Pie, and it was it was like. Yeah, this movie's okay, but Eugene Levy steals every scene that he's in. Right, right, right. As he does in the the TV show Shit's Creek, you know. Yeah. You just well, want more of Eugene Levy. He is very good in it. He's very good in it. Um, but even and, good people um, have been in bad films. In fact, some good people have only really been in bad films. Well, yeah, that, that is true. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Hmm. Has she ever... She's been in good movies, right? I mean, I feel like she must have done. Batman Returns is a good movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's terrible. Not. It's not terrible. It's not a bad film. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. What about that thriller, What Lies Beneath, with Harrison Ford? That's quite That's fine. schlocky. It's fine, yeah. It's quite schlocky, isn't it? The Fabulous Baker Boys. It's got two Frankie bridges and in it. Frankie and Johnny with Al... Al... Oh, Al Pacino. So I'm, I'm into impressions already. <laughs> Al Pacino. She is what have you got? She's in good films. She's in uh, Dangerous yeah. Liaisons. Now that's a good movie. It's very, very good. But um, yeah, but it goes to some very dark places. She's been in a lot of bad films. Continue, continue. Okay. With what you were talking um, about. So I was just going to say that I, uh, with regard to American Pie, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the gross-out knockabout broad mm-hmm. humour. Mm-hmm. I I found the some of the sexual politics to be deeply dodgy in the way that Wayne's right. World was. Deeply I imagine dodgy. it was it was pretty dodgy at the time, and it must be even worse now. Yeah, it's not now. it's not great. There's some quite creepy moments in it. Right. Um but overall I found it to be quite in the end quite a sweet good-hearted movie in a lot of ways. Right. In a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it has a roundabout way of taking you there kind of thing. <laughs> um so I quite liked it. Right. I didn't I, I, I didn't mean, hate it anyway. And I, but I thought Eugene Levy was amazing. Too broad for me. So there's a scene where I'm Not sure I've seen it. There's a scene where he shows his son some um, some nudie magazines, mm-hmm. and he's talking him through what's on the centerfold, and it's just, it's just you just <laughs> want to climb under a rock and kind of because it's just so awful. Uh-huh. Uh, but he yeah. plays it so well, uh, the kind of conversation that you never want to have with your children, basically. <laughs> yeah, you want to avoid that one at all costs. The other thing I wanted to talk about was. A new show that's on the BBC, which has mm-hmm. had very good reviews that I haven't watched yet, but I am looking forward to. It's called The Pursuit of Love. Okay. It's on, on Sunday evenings on BBC One. I'm presuming also on the, it is on the iPlayer. And it's an adaptation that's directed by Emily Mortimer, who was in a movie that we talked about a few pods ago, Relic. So she okay. was in Relic. So mm-hmm. she's directed and uh, has adapted this okay. for TV. It and it's, it is adapted from a book. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be very, very good indeed. Mm-hmm. I saw a five-star review of it today. It's a costume drama, right? It's a costume drama, yeah. Um, no, but, I'm out. Uh, oh, come on. I mean, The Walking Dead's a costume drama. Yeah, so is uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Exactly. And Dangerous Liaisons, yeah, 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 Dangerous Liaisons is great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I still wouldn't watch a costume drama. 
Apart from Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Okay, so that's wasted on you, but listener <laughs> might be interested in The Pursuit of Love, yeah. which has had very good reviews. Right. And I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, that's it. Those cool. are my two things. All Those right, are my tell two us things. about this movie. Okay, tell us about this movie and shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nomadland. Um, it's a 2020 American drama film based on the 2017 non-fiction book Nomadland, colon, Surviving America in the 21st Century by Jessica Bruder. So this film is a fiction is, film based on a non-fiction book, is it? Yes, yes. Okay. okay. Um, and the film is written, edited, produced, and directed by Chloe Zhao. Zhao. Written, edited, produced, and directed. That's wow. a lot of stuff, isn't it? And starring? Uh, no, she's not in it. Okay. okay. <laughs> but it stars Francis McDormand, who was also a producer on the film, mm-hmm. as a, uh, a wandering, working nomad mm-hmm. who leaves her hometown after her husband dies and the sole industry closes down. There's a little preamble of, of what happened in that town. So it had a gypsum mm-hmm. mine and a factory, and but it was a one, a one market town. So that's all mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. Everyone that mm-hmm. lived there worked at the gypsum mine, either right. in the mine or in the factory or whatever, mm-hmm. driving. And when it closed down, the, the zip code was removed. So everybody left. Wow. So it's now a ghost town, um, which is quite disturbing. That, that, mm. I mean, that, that is like the old, in the old west, when people would rock up somewhere thinking there was gold, mm-hmm. and they, mm-hmm. an entire town would come out of nowhere, and then they'd find there wasn't gold, and they'd all just leave. Uh, and those ghost towns still exist. Uh, so it's like that. Uh, but her husband dies. Um, she is now houseless. Right. She so she travels around the United States. She gets seasonal work, and also um, she works at Amazon depots, packing, mm-hmm. and you know working in the warehouse. Um, basically living hand to mouth in a van, a converted van. You know, I'd say it's quite a nice van, but we discover during the movie that this van is costing her a lot of money. Right. And the work, the mechanics say, look, it's going to cost you a lot of money to fix this. You are much better off buying a new van. Right. And she says, no, I can't do that. I've spent so much money doing it up and I live mm. in it. Mm. So I've, I'm just going to pay for this because I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, she is kind of, appears to be sort of teetering on the edge of falling apart a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but doesn't. Um, do we like she's, her? Yes, we do. Yeah, we, we okay, definitely okay. warm to her, although she has sharp edges. She's scratchy, I was going to say. Yeah, she definitely has sharp edges. Mm-hmm. And she likes her own company quite a lot mm-hmm. of the time, but she is very em- empathetic towards other people and wants to help them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just going just gonna to go back to a l- little bit of a preamble. So, mm-hmm. it premiered in... September the 11th, 2020, at Venice Film Festival, where it won the Golden Lion. It also won the People's Choice Award at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. Had a one-week streaming limited release last December, 
and was distributed by Searchlight Pictures, which is formerly Fox Searchlight, which is now Searchlight because it's owned by Disney. Okay. Um, and it's streaming digitally on Hulu in February 2021, but you can also see it on Disney Plus in the UK. Yes. And, fact, and maybe, other, my, maybe other parts of the world. It's on my watch list on Disney Plus, yeah. along with Bones, just it and Bones. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Um, because what I heard about it so far made me really interested to watch it. Yeah. So the film is praised for its direction, screenplay, editing, cinematography and performances, um, especially of McDormand. And it was the third highest rated film of 2020, which found it to be the most frequently ranked by critics and publications as one of the best films of the year. At the Academy Awards, it won Best Picture, Best Director and Best Actress for Frances McDormand from a total of six nominations. And Chloe Zhao became the first woman of colour to win Best Director, while McDorman became the first person in history to win Academy Awards as both producer and performer for the same film. That's quite a feat. So this did this come out of nowhere? These, were these people known at all? Or did they just come out of nowhere and win all these Oscars? Uh, so Chloe Zhao has, I think, made a movie before this one. Um, but what is interesting about this is that she has uh, made a Marvel movie called The Eternals, mm-hmm. which she was making at the same time as she made this. Right. Uh, which is incredible. Incredible work rate. And The the Eternals looks really intriguing. It's got a a phenomenal cast and a very different direction for so Marvel. Is it less of just things crashing into each other? Yes. I think it's going to be more metaphysical and um, mm-hmm. and and quite barking mad, actually, I think, The Eternals. Right. The idea of The Eternals is quite interesting. Okay, um, but it's got Angelina Jolie in it and Richard Madden and I didn't know she was still working. Kit Harrington, yeah, yeah, she's still doing stuff. Uh, just an amazing cast. Wow. Um, and you know, apparently she's brought her kind of doing everything in camera sensibility to it, which is really interesting. What's what, what's what's that? What's, what, what's that? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Doing everything in camera means. You you rely on the light that's coming through rather than VFX. Oh, okay. Uh, so, for example, I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but the the shot the the shots in Blade Runner twenty forty nine where Kay is walking through the orange mm-hmm. landscape with the smoke and the that was mm-hmm. all done in camera in a studio. Okay, I see. I see. I see. So, so no VFX added afterwards. Physical effects and especially lighting instead of... Lighting, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So she likes to do stuff in camera. She likes to do stuff during golden hour. Golden hour means... Um, you're laughing. I'm trying not to. The, the time at which the sun is at its most flattering for people. Okay, I see. And, th- and that's generally uh, just before twilight. So right, right, right. Or just after dawn right. when the sun's quite low in the sky and you get a yeah. lovely orange glow off it. That's golden hour. Okay. okay. Um, so Spielberg likes to shoot at gold now for lots of stuff. And it, okay. it is very stunning. So The Revenant, the movie The Revenant, was mm. most of that was shot at that time of day. Right, right, right. Which is why it took so long. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> sh- they were shooting, again, um, there's an example of in-camera. So the, the cinematographer on the, on the Revenant, I think there was one shot in that where they had an, an artificial light. Right. And everything else oh. was shot with natural light. Gosh, that sounds like hard work. Yeah, it it definitely is. But but the film has that authentic, authenticity about it, which mm. you can't get if you 
shoot it in a studio or if you introduce some lighting, you can just see that it's been lit. Mm-hmm. Really. Anyway, mm-hmm. that took me off off mm-hmm. track there a mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. but a bit of info anyway. Mm-hmm. So not completely out of nowhere. No, but, no, no. But no, a bit of a no. shock to to get all those Oscars. Yes, kind of. But I think well, I think when we talked about the Academy Awards a few weeks ago, uh, I did say that Nomadland was tipped to win either that or Minari. But Minari was an outside chance. Uh, but yeah, Nomadland so I guess, was yeah, the not, one that was going for it. Yeah, not a shock. Once it actually came around, but kind of, uh, well, it's just, I don't know. It sounds to me like a surprising film to have even got nominated. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and maybe in a, in 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 a pandemic year when mm. big releases have been pushed back, uh, you know, due to come out later this year, that uh, a film like this can mm-hmm. can slip mm-hmm. under the radar. Uh, but you know, so this is not but, not yeah. not actually independent, but it's kind of yeah. Absolutely. A bit independent feeling, is it? Yeah, is it, it definitely it does feel independent, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the plot, although we've talked about some of it already, mm-hmm. um, is it's pretty simple, really. She goes from place to place. She lives from hand to mouth. But it's all about the people she meets and her interactions with them. Right, just like the Chipmunk movie. Just like the Chipmunk movie. Uh, but also a very much like uh, a movie called Into the Wild, which I'm not sure if you've seen. No, I haven't. It's a Sean Penn directed film about. I think it's based again based on a true story about a man who struggles to a young man who struggles to fit in anywhere. Played by Emil Hirsch, uh, he ends. He goes in a van to Alaska, I believe where he wants to live off the grid and just with nature and this kind of thing. And it all ends very horribly and sadly for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't give away the ending to that one because we're not talking about that movie, but mm-hmm. but it had the similar feel to that. So, right. so, so kind of a road movie, but I think Into the Wild, I suppose, is different from this in that it has a beginning, a middle and an end, whereas okay. Nomadland just keeps going. Even after the movie's oh, right. finished. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so she meets up with um, uh, a guy played by Dr- David Strathairn, who seems to be sort of romantically interested in her in a vague sort of way. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, deploys all of her spikiness towards mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, go away. You know, we can just be passing strangers, but I'm not interested in anything else. Mm-hmm. But she slowly kind of um, warms to him a little bit. And there, there's a sequence in the movie, which is actually towards the end, when she goes um, she goes to stay with him and his family. So he's got like an extended family that he occasionally goes back to stay with. But he he's also on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, he does sort of park ranger type jobs at national parks throughout right. the year, different national parks, which actually, to be honest, sounds like quite a nice way to live. Um, uh, but then goes home to see his family in uh, Washington State or Oregon, so it's sort of northwest Pacific mm-hmm. coast. Beautiful 
uh, I'll talk more about the cinematography and the countryside, but the beautiful way that they shot they shoot things in this is just right. it's just stunning. Um, so she goes to stay with them, and but doesn't you, you never really get the impression she's going to hang around, right. and she's very happy to leave during the night when nobody knows that she's gone anywhere kind of thing. You know, she just wants to disappear on her own terms. So her life is very much on her own terms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and her kind of spikiness like a porcupine or, or a hedgehog or something is all about the, no, I'm not really interested in, you know, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll be empathetic towards you and understand your problem, but I'm going to move on pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so she lives everything on her own terms. And even sometimes if that might be to to her detriment. Because mm-hmm. although the, um, this character Dave, played by David Strathairn, is, is interested in her and wants to try and do the best for her, she doesn't really need that. Right. She, or she thinks she doesn't. Yeah, she thinks she doesn't. Yeah, quite. Um, and maybe that's because she's still grieving for her former life. Um, and we see a we see a glimpse of that because she leaves Dave's family's house and goes back back down south, uh, and we we see her go back to her former home. So we see right. shots of um, the gypsum mine and the factory, and then she goes into her house and then walks out the back door. And we actually see the views. She talks to somebody about the view that they had from their from their back door, which was mm-hmm. like just the entire desert. And we see her walking off into that view, and then it sort of fades to black. And that's the end of the movie. But but yeah, I think she is grieving for her former life. She's definitely still grieving for her husband. Mm. Um, and you know maybe the maybe the um the constant moving around and the not wanting to get close to people is the fact that she's still in shock at the whole thing mm-hmm. um that it happened um but yeah the, the cinematography in this is just beautiful so does she change through that through the film no not really no i'd say she stays about the same as she as we see her when when it starts so it's just a little window into yeah it's a into it's a window into these people's lives and there's a lot of people woman. living like this right there's a lot of people living like this so um we see her uh, at a desert rendezvous in Arizona which is organized by a guy called Bob Wells and that provides a support system and community for fellow nomads so these things pop up in the desert occasionally mm-hmm. and people can go there and they can trade for goods and you know there's people making things on the road like you know knitting and crochet and also pe- people making stuff out of metal and stuff like that that you can buy or barter mm-hmm. maybe you can barter something that you've made or that you can you can trade for uh and also you can learn learn basic survival and self-sufficiency as well um so there's there's this whole community that's that exists there that I suppose is something like the during the the great depression mm-hmm. when people would go from town to town looking for work mm-hmm. and uh if you found some then it was great if you didn't then you move on mm-hmm. um it's a lot like that 
But of course, it these sounds... days there's people like Amazon to give you work from town to town. It sounds very melancholy, this film. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But it's very gentle right. in the way that it delivers its message. It's not preachy. What is its message? What is its message? Um, I think its message is that it's okay to be who you are. Um, and that if you feel that you don't need people, then you can survive. You can mm. get by. But I, d- is, I think is part of its message just look, these people exist. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is a whole. This is a whole. I suppose you could call this a a cultural movement or mm. a subculture. This is a whole thing that I never even knew existed. Mm. Mm. But of course, in the United States, being so massive, this kind of thing can exist very easily. And you know, if you lived in a city, you. In the in the US, you probably wouldn't even know these people existed because they don't go to cities. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's kind of it is sad. It's really, really sad that that a single industry town, when its industry closes down, everybody leaves. Mm. It's sad that that happens in the twenty first century, and that there's no support network to help those people. You know, the, the company that owned the place didn't. Maybe, I don't know. Actually, I don't know the whole history behind it, but I don't know whether they helped them out to find other work or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it reminded me of um, uh, that that Michael Moore film, Roger and Me. Right. Which is about the, I think it was a General Motors plant in Flint, Michigan that closed down and yeah, just destroyed sure destroyed the town completely in terms of you know everybody's out of work. Because it's a sole industry town. Yeah. yeah. Um, I might have seen that, because it does ring a bell. I think it came up in other films that Michael Moore's made. Well, yeah, it's his hometown, and the movie is about him, Mm. the documentary is about him trying to get an audience with this guy, Roger. Oh, yeah, I have seen it, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. And failing and failing and failing, and eventually, you know, I think he does actually get in there to speak to him, but to ask him why. You know, why did you close down this this plant? Uh, why didn't so you help slightly, people out? It's slightly reminding me of um, Hartlepool uh, and the by-election that's just happened in the UK. Yes, in that, um, it, in that, it's it seems to be sort of like a forgotten place. Like I, I saw someone from Hartlepool being interviewed yesterday yeah. about who was like a generations-long Labour voter mm-hmm. who. One of the people being interviewed said um, they they had a baby recently and they chose to go somewhere else because they knew that there just weren't any doctors or there wasn't there wasn't decent healthcare provided in their local hospital. That's pretty poor, isn't it? And uh, in a country that kind of prides itself on universal healthcare being available to everyone equally, it yep. seems like something is badly wrong there. And that, and that was obviously just an example of um, the kind of degradation of like that community yeah it's not the same as everyone upping and leaving but it feels like like an they feel abandoned according to this person anyway well that's what happened with the with the in the 2019 election um is that uh those constituents that voted conservative for the first time they felt abandoned they felt left behind 
And that's what happens. Yeah. I don't agree with them that the Conservatives will help them, but that's well, a separate issue. <laughs> nor do I, but that is a separate issue, isn't it? A yeah. much less important issue in a way. Yeah. yeah, it is, yeah, because if people believe, you know, belief is 90% of of your life, really. So if you believe that they will help you, then you'll you'll do something. And if you believe that the incumbents have never done anything for you, which appears to be the case in a lot of these constituents, mm. then you vote you vote for somebody else. When I mean, there are there are lots of other issues involved there, but the the main issue there is the one you were talking about with people just feeling that they've been left behind and that that they're they're, they're Public services have been run into the ground. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, I found this movie to be incredibly uplifting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need that explained. Yeah. Um, well, uplifting in the way that the, the character that Francis McDormand plays is spiky and independent but ultimately she's doing what she wants to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean she could probably find a job in a town somewhere and rent an apartment and and be like that but actually she doesn't want to do that she wants to live mm-hmm. life on her own terms and her own terms is meeting up with people and then moving on and not getting too close to people right. that appears to be her the thing that drives her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, she has this dalliance with with Dave, but ultimately doesn't hang around, even though everyone's incredibly nice to her and kind and understanding. She just doesn't hang around. It sounds like she's still grieving, and this is the way that she's choosing to do that. I think that's true, yeah. I did talk about that yeah, a little yeah, while ago on the yeah. pod, but yeah, I think that is true. She is still grieving. She hasn't gotten over that. Uh, but despite those things, I still found it to be uplifting, and that's mainly because right. of the people that she meets, right. who are lovely, okay. who are by, who are by and large really lovely, right, and oh. good-hearted, and you know all the people who are on the road are, um, you know, by and large for the same for similar reasons. I mean, some people, I think, possibly have maybe drink and drugs issues, that kind of thing. Uh, mm. She doesn't have any of those issues, um, but she is. She's happy. People seem to gravitate towards towards her, even though she's quite spiky. Mm-hmm. Um, and her performance is amazing because she's a fantastic actress. You know, she just delivers perfectly. It's no perfect performance of this person right. because it doesn't feel like a performance. It feels mm. like a documentary at times. Mm-hmm. It's even shot like that, so it's shot quite. Um, there are some shots which are quite far away from people, right? Rather than sort of getting in people's faces, there's uh, mm-hmm. you know we're just observing what's going on, which is really nicely done. So it does have a documentary, reportage kind of feel to it, which is mm-hmm. really nice. And I, I suppose that's maybe where the gentle part of it comes from. And what's your understanding of the final scene? Like, is she is she going to walk into the desert and die, or is she I don't just think going so. No, no, I think she just. I'm just thinking about it now, actually, and I'm thinking that, you know, she left Dave's family. 
She's gone back to her old town. She's gone back to her empty house, which is really sad and dusty and, you know, has mm-hmm. never been maintained. Presumably the whole place is just suffering from entropy, is eventually just going to yeah. disappear into the desert. Um, so what I feel about it is is that she's going back there to to say to herself, okay, this is what I'm hanging on to. But mm. actually, is it worth hanging on to it? Should I move on now? Yeah, I was wondering whether, yeah, that's part of the, that griefing that you mentioned. <coughs> um, it could be that that she's she's kind of admitting to herself that's what's happening yep. by going back there. Yeah, yeah. So we can kind of imagine that she might then move on to a new phase after that. I mean, I think it's time for her to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and whether that means that she hooks up with Dave and then they travel around together um or that she settles down with him to an extent. I don't I don't think I don't think he's going to want to settle down, but I think he wants to get closer to her because he he sees her as a kindred spirit. Mm. Um and it's Yeah, I think I think she's going back to her hometown to move on. Right. To so say goodbye. That explains why. So in a way, you're making that a happy ending, right? Yes, without, absolutely. Without yeah. it telling you to. It doesn't seem bleak, anyway. Right, right, right. No, it doesn't huh. seem bleak. And it sounds much more... It demands much more of you as a viewer than some films do, right? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah. You have to You have to make up your own ending. You d- You really do, yeah. Yeah, and actually I hadn't really thought about it until we started talking about it. Right. About that ending. But that but actually that ending has stuck with me visually. Because mm-hmm. right. it's very striking. Right. Um mm-hmm. mainly because we see what she was talking about. Right. The view okay. from their backyard yeah. out yeah, into yeah. the desert. You finally see that and you think, Okay, that is pretty stunning. Yeah. That's a pretty stunning view. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. Oh, yeah. It feels like something to um, sort of immerse yourself in and then just let it work on you. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Yeah. And I think Chloe Zhao is an incredible talent. At, you know, all the technical technical roles that she filled on this movie mm. is amazing. You know, it's powerhouse work that she's doing on it. Um, and then winning awards. Yeah, you, I, I can't fault this movie. I think it's it's a perfect film uh, for 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really liked it. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Well, like I said, it's on my watch list. Nice. Um, I think I've decided that I have to find time to watch it without my wife. I think that would be a good thing to do. I think my wife would find it too depressing to watch to the end. I mean, I didn't find it to be depressing. Um, But some people might, I suppose. Yeah. I think she might. It depends on your bar for depression, really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Depressing movies, anyway. Um, But yeah, I think you should definitely make the time to watch it. It's great. That is Nomadland. Cool. I will. I will. And hopefully, with any luck, I'll watch it soon enough that we can talk about it. Yeah. 
Excuse me. I was just yawning and trying Before to hide I... it and failing. <laughs> Before I forget, if I if I leave it too long, I'll forget that we talked about it on the pod. And then oh yeah, yeah I'll, well, I'll just keep reminding you. <laughs> yeah. Every day. That won't be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Any updates? Have you been caught up with The Walking Dead? We probably shouldn't talk about no, The Walking Dead, should I haven't, we? I haven't thought or watched any thought about or watched any Walking Dead. Okay, so I have a moratorium on Walking Dead. What have you been okay. watching? Um, I've been I've been scraping the barrel of bones as it's got. We've got into later seasons, and it okay. doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't get better. Okay. No. Although we did watch a series, we did watch an episode um, just now, actually, where. They they completely just did a, an episode where it's set in like it's like a Hitchcock film or something. Oh, right. It's okay. set in I guess fifties or sixties, and they all just play different characters. Like all the all the same actors are in it, and they're all playing completely different characters. I think oh, it was like their man. ten year anniversary. Or I something. don't like those kinds of episodes. I think it was. I think it was just like the ten ten years since they since the first episode or something. Right. Um, it seemed okay, actually. It seemed quite good, but I slept through most of it. <laughs> oh, dear. So it can't have been that good. Because <laughs> I'm feeling a bit tired, so right. I can't really speak for how good it was. It seemed okay. Okay. But yeah, it didn't... They didn't... There was no... As far as I could tell, there was no nod to the normal episodes at all. I mean, the subject of the film was like a like a murder inquiry. Yeah. And it did involve some bones in it, but you know, it like they were totally different characters <clears throat> from usual. And I mean, it sounds like those episodes of Next Generation where they go off into the holodeck and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, I was kind of expecting Picard, it to be someone's dream or something. Picard yeah. would pretend to be a, a a private detective or something, and yeah, 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 it's very yeah. like that, very like, like that, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. and I I never liked those episodes very much. I, I mean, thought they were quite forced and fake. Yeah, this was surprisingly good, given that that I agree. I agree, and I think that, like a series like uh, Community, which we've been watching a bit of, I love that Community. goes that goes meta very it deliberately. It goes meta, meta. <laughs> but um, a series like Bones goes meta when it's run out of ideas. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say I was. I could have sworn there's something I've been watching that I haven't actually spoken about a million times before. And is it The Walking oh, Dead? Taskmaster. We've been oh yeah, no, more Taskmaster. you have talked about Taskmaster. I have yeah. talked about that before, but not that recently. So here's my thing with Task Taskmaster. Oh yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of episodes of the last season, the first one that was on Channel Four. Mm-hmm. I was really underwhelmed. Mm. It took me quite really a long time to get into it. Yeah, so I haven't so we, bothered watching any more since then. We we very slowly like it was first on Dave, and things that are, were made for Dave, especially at the beginning, yeah, were a bit like okay, this kind of just reaches the minimum standard. <laughs> quality of quality's not quite. I there. can, I can, I can, I won't quite turn this off if I've got nothing to do. Right, right. Much so that's like where the, it, the Dave version of Red Dwarf, which is yeah, you know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that's actually probably just below the <laughs> Just below the I will, bar, yeah. I will turn it off. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Taskmaster, for me, essentially just hit that, that threshold of um, 
if I'm looking for just something to be on for a bit, I won't quite turn it off. And then I very slowly warmed up to it. And then we rewatched it all with our kids from the beginning. Right. And it's one of those things where once you you've, you're into it, it's all really funny. So we watched it all with our kids, and they've loved all of it, even though it's very sweary. So I wouldn't recommend it for your kids' listener. It is sweary. Can. Yes, I was quite surprised at how sweary it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a load of comedians. You know, and the comedians tend to be fairly sweary anyway. So anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so now that we are in, like, have got into it, we just find it extremely amusing, and a, it's a lovely family time to sit around listening to these sweary people. Okay. So we really enjoy it. Oh, so cool. I, yeah, we've started watching the most recent series. Right. Yes. Um, okay. I think I think I can safely say that Taskmaster isn't for me, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on for years and years, so I can probably pick it up again at some point. <laughs> as it seems like quite a cheap show to produce. Yes. It's all um, filmed in Chiswick. Is it? Right near where I work, if I ever go to work again. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. So we have been watching, we fi- actually finished watching a show called Dollface on okay. Disney+, Plus, uh, which is very good. And it stars Kat Dennings. Um, and she is a she plays a young woman who has you know the, the the show starts with her being dumped by her boyfriend, and then she has oh, to you negotiate. Didn't talk about this last time. Yes, I think I did, but we finished yeah. watching it, and it's really good. Right, 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 right. It's really good. It talks about I'll re I'll talk about it again a little bit, but you know, <laughs> right. female how women negotiate, um, sort of rejoining their social circle when right. when things change. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's all about that, really. But it is funny, right. and um, right, right. some of it's quite absurd and fun. Yeah, so we finished that, right. and we're currently looking for something else to get to immerse ourselves in. So, right, watch yeah. Lupin. Yeah, subtitles. So my wife does um, like crafting when she's mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. TV. So it's right. either you know, um, can't, you can't have subtitles. Knitting or. Or something that she can't yeah. give her full it. So, yeah, subtitles yeah, yeah. don't work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Lupin. 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 It's great. Uh, but, yeah, we need to find something else to really get into. Maybe we'll re- rewatch Shit's Creek. I don't know. It's very good. It is. Um, yeah, we've been really enjoying Community. Interesting thing happened. Channel 4 had Community and they it went, which I was not expecting. Oh, from all four. Just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Because normally most stuff on all four stays there forever, but I guess yep. this one was one that they bought in, not one that they made. So, but it's on um, Netflix, I think. But it's on Netflix, and currently yes. we're paying for Netflix so we can watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, and and Community, yeah, and now Community. So I think maybe that's why it disappeared. Maybe there was a, a licensing deal. Yeah, I mean, I, Channel Four does buy stuff for a limited period of time. It's just that yeah. I'm so used to. Things staying on all for forever. It, it never occurred to me this might happen. One thing that is coming to Netflix is Seinfeld. Yes, and didn't didn't you say it was bought for an enormous amount of money? I think Pete. Yeah, Pete said that. Our colleague. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, an enormous amount of money. Uh, yeah, but Seinfeld it. is. I've seen is like a, an episode or two, and it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's a great show. I think it's one of the. It's the greatest sitcom. That's about nothing. 
Mm-hmm. So nothing really ever happens in Seinfeld. Everybody starts out each episode and ends exactly the same way that it started. <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty of it. And the writing, yeah, you know, the, the Larry David writing is just pin sharp. It's really great. I think, you know, when a character is supposed to be obnoxious and sometimes that works and sometimes it just annoys you. Right, yeah. Did you find that annoying? I just found that the annoying characters annoying. Okay. Yeah, that, that's not good. I'm a bit older now. Maybe maybe I'd like them. <laughs> maybe. I'd more like them. Yeah, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Seinfeld. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um I always remember a, a funny one of the funniest lines which was um oh, yes. So so Jerry is meeting I think it's the father of a woman that he's dating. And this guy says to him, "So you're a comedian, huh?" He says, yeah, yeah. And he says, I know a comedian once. The Japs blew his brains out over the Pacific. <laughs> and he just sits there like, what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> Good line. Yeah. So the the thing that I think I should probably get around to watching is the American office. That's very good. It's supposed to be good. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it starts out for the first few episodes loosely following the British version mm, mm. and then starts to become its own thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then by the time it hits, like probably like three quarters of the way through the first series, it is completely its own thing and right. it's really good. So I've I've seen a few bits of it here and there. Um, and it didn't quite catch me, but I've heard so many people say how good it is. I think. Yeah, it's great. I ought to give it another go. It's really good. Uh, the other thing that I'm excited about this month I think it's this month, is A Quiet Place Part 2 is uh, out uh, in cinemas, delayed okay. from last year. Have you seen A Quiet Place? No. Uh, it's very good. Horror movie. What is it? It's a horror oh, movie. Okay. It's a high, sort of high-concept horror movie with um, John Krasinski, who also directed. He's in, the, he's in the US office, John Krasinski. Okay. And Emily Blunt. Uh, and it's in a world where... <laughs> Uh, weird alien griblies who have incredibly good hearing have <laughs> ravaged the world uh, because you don't need to make much sound for them to come and kill you. Okay. That's why it's got a quiet place. Yes. Uh, and it's really good. It's um, nail-biting. Basically, oh. you're sitting at home just not making any sound yeah. whilst you watch the movie. <laughs> Trying not to breathe. Try not to breathe, yeah. It's really good. So there's a sequel to that coming out, I think, this month that was delayed from last year. Same director, same writer, uh, mostly the same cast, uh, with some additions. So Killian Murphy's in, and uh, Jimon Hinsu are in the, in the sequel. Um, I can't wait. I'd, I'd right. even go and see it at a cinema if I can find one that's open. Wow. Yeah. Because well, I really happen. want to go back to the cinema. Things are things are opening up in the UK at the moment. Yeah, they are finally, finally, finally. In seven so, days, yeah. we'll be allowed to enter other people's houses. What? Just randomly? Yeah, just anyone. So, hi, can I come in? No, it was it wasn't okay before. It's not okay now, Mister <laughs> Balaam. I'm going to call the police again, <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, just for listeners' uh, benefit, that never happened. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all I got for this week. 
Anything to plug? Nope. Nada. No. Zip. A big Me nothing. Neither. Still working on the same game. Nearly, nearly, nearly going right. to have it done. But I'll talk more about it when it is actually playable. Well, I That's guess you nice. can play it now, but it's not done. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got so many ideas for other games I want to write. Did you ever play that game where you've got a, a square or a rectangle with balls bouncing around inside it, and you have to draw a line to like split this, the space up into two, and then you draw another line to like chop part of that space off, so the ball's now just bouncing around in a smaller box because you've chopped bits out. For you. This sounds vaguely familiar, but no, I never played it. So there's a version of it on for KDE called K Bounce, I think. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Well, most things for KDE start with a K, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be called Counts or something. Cal- anyway. Yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, I fancy writing one of them. I fancy writing a better version of Heli than the one that I've already written recently. Okay. Yeah. I just I've got so many ideas for games because I've been working on this game too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm really interested in multiplayer. I'm going to try and make a a multiplayer thing where you sit down at your computer during lockdown times and your friend sits down at their computer and then you play as if you were sitting next to each other on the sofa. You've just described multiplayer computing. Well, no. no, (laughs) A lot of multiplayer games, you have your point of view and they have their point of view and they're different, right? Well, I'm talking about games where it's as if you're playing on the same screen sitting next to each other, right? It's oh. like trying to recreate the atmosphere of in-person multiplayer. Do you mean like Pong or something? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I see or what like, you mean, yeah. Or even, yeah. you know, Street Fighter or, you know, games where you... In the same screen at the same time, yeah, rather than... you want to... Yeah. Rather than so, a, a first-person shooter type thing. Exactly, yeah, I understand, exactly. yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so my, my system that I'm thinking of writing will just mirror the screen onto onto the other player's screens. Hmm. Interesting. And if it's fast enough to be playable, then I think that'd be there'd be loads of fun games. Like I really miss that kind of. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Sitting next to each other and giving each other dead arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dead arm. Dead, dead arm. arm. Okay, so I'm going to sign off with something. Okay. Ready. Yeah. I'm Batman. <laughs> was that Batman in the world of um, A Quiet Place? Uh, yes, that was, I'm very quiet, Batman. I'm super quiet, but I'm still Batman. That's Michael Keaton, Batman. So if it was Christian Bale, Batman, it would be, <laughs> I'm Batman! <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> Keep it down, Christian Bale, Batman. <laughs> be more like Michael Keaton, Batman. But don't be like George Clooney, Batman, or <laughs> Val Kilmer, Batman. Oh man, there's some bad Batmans. There were some bad Batmans. Although there's I quite like Batmans. Ben Affleck, Batman. I don't know if I've or seen that. Batfleck, as he's known, I quite like his portrayal. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember which one's in which film, really. Hmm. I mean, Batman. I like the film Batman. The one with Michael Keaton. Is that Michael Keaton? Okay. Yes. That is a good movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's probably responsible for the whole thing where now all movies are, like, based on comics. Um, yeah. 
Yes, I mean, there was a bit of a, a lull. I mean, yeah, I suppose people tried to jump on the bandwagon and then there was a lull. For me, I think the thing that really kicked it off was Blade with Wesley Snipes. Right. Yeah. So that was late 90s. Um, and that's what really slowly kickstarted it again from there. Right, right, right. Mainly because Blade was so like hardcore violence and swearing <laughs> and yeah, nudity. Yeah, well, sort of a little bit. Like a I, think it's a, I think it's a terrific movie, Blade. Did you watch Spawn? Yes, I didn't like it very much. Yeah, it's just based. That was much more like a like a comic book just turned into a film. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it that much. It's I have a soft spot good. for it. It's Do not you? very good. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Really it's it fine. Times. It's sort of stuck in my mind. Don't know why. So yeah, I think it's Bl- Blade is the thing that kickstarted it. Batman kind of did, but then there was a fizzle. I mean, but I think Batman showed that you can do it. Yeah. Right, but they didn't start a movement. Yeah, so. you can do it. But I think I think that Chris, Christopher Nolan, with his approach of um, how would this work in the real world, is pretty stunning. I just... I know you don't Nolan, like these movies. He either hits or misses. I don't and think he does. I don't think he does. No. I don't think it's a hit or a miss. And sometimes there are elements of his films that don't work, but it, but all of his films are worth it in some way. Yeah, I mean, they all they all they all show tremendous effort, and I, I I fully appreciate that. Yeah. So, like Tenet, for example. Yeah, I love Tenet. Yeah, Tenet's great. That totally worked. Yes, very impressive. And I still think Inception's still my favourite. Inception is amazing, isn't it? And it's very yeah. watchable. It's rewatchable. Inception, even if you know what's coming. Mm. Just enjoying the visuals and the soundtrack of it is amazing. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I've done the soundtrack on this pod before. I'm not going to do it again for listening. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I think we're probably done. I think we're done, and we we got through it without talking about The Walking Dead. So yeah, listeners should be happy about, about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. Cool. Thanks. See, a you, lot. Next See you next time. time. Yeah. Bye.